Hi, I'm Patrick Egan Young, and this is Sound Worlds. Sound World, Sonic Theatre. My father was a storyteller who told me about his childhood. He told me about the early days in America. He told me about my grandmother. When I was little, He told me stories about the war. But he took care not to tell the terrible things. With time, he began adding details. When he thought that we were old enough to understand, he began telling us the other stories as well. Sorry about that. Okay. Oh, boy. Sorry about that. What's that? Ah, yeah. There were letters. There were keys. There were... um, I remember that... Everything is inside. When we unzipped the bags, everything was there. There was decomposed flesh which looked like reddish-brown dirt. There was hair, there were bones, there was clothing and shoes. It was the things that people carried, you know, it was the letters and the photographs and things like that. Those were the things that I thought about in the evenings and the things that kept me from sleeping and were there right away again when I woke up in the morning. the strangest dream I had I had a dream about a swimming pool and I can still see this dream and in the swimming pool there was a collection of torsos headless, armless, legless torsos and they were all floating just above the bottom of the pool and it was as if the current had rocked them all into the same position and so they were all all of them were tilted at exactly the same angle they were all facing in the same direction the war had been over for exactly a year when i arrived in bosnia herzegovina but bosnia herzegovina had been split into these two entities so there was the federation which was the Muslim Croat Federation on one side. And there was the Republika Srpska, which was the Serb Republic on the other side. Srebrenica, which is the place where the mass graves were, where I 
participated in excavations that was in Republika Srpska. My father did not know. Well, sorry. My father did know that I was going to Bosnia, but he thought that I was going to work in an office job. He had no idea that I was actually going to go out into Bosnia. My father was the father who would not allow us to sleep over for slumber parties. He would not allow us to be without his or my mother's supervision almost anywhere. He trusted nobody. He was so overprotective as a father. He was so scared as a father that something would happen to us. So when I told my father that I was going to Bosnia, I knew that if I told him what I would be doing, he'd be worried on two counts. First, he'd be worried that something would happen to me, that I'd step on a mine, that somebody would... But as much as anything, he feared, I think, the psychic damage that would have come from what I was doing. Had he known, he would probably have flown over and put me in a straitjacket and flown me right back to the United States. Yeah. Her name was Angelka Jukic, and she had four sisters. Her sister, Ljubica, was born after her. Draga was the middle sister. And then there were two twins who were the babies, and their names were Katya and Eva.
They were born in Herzegovina, which is a section of Bosnia-Herzegovina, and they were born in a very small village called Posoše. There's an old stone house that still exists there, which is the house that they were born in, and I remember visiting it when I was a small child. That photograph that I sent you, I think that that photograph was taken in front of that house. The thing that strikes me most about the photo is that nobody is smiling. The ground is rough and stony. The doorway behind them is dark. I don't think it would have been a very nice existence, and certainly not for, not for a woman. In 1995, I interviewed women in the refugee population in Croatia and in the displaced population in Croatia. They lived these very liminal, difficult lives where they were waiting for male family members, their fathers, their sons, their husbands. Some of them had been told that those family members had been killed, but most of them still held on to the hope that maybe the story was wrong Maybe the husband or the son was the one person who'd been able to survive the massacre. Maybe any day now, the family member would come back, would find them in this refugee center or in this hotel where they were living temporarily. One of the refugee women I met in Rijeka thought that every time the telephone rang and it was a deadline on the other side, it must be her son who was calling her to let her know that he was okay. She had devised this very complicated fantasy in which he was being held somewhere, but every once in a while he was able to escape his cell or his room or where he was being detained and make his way to a telephone to call his mother.
The thing is that deadlines were a very common occurrence in Croatia during the war and after the war. The telecommunication system was not the greatest, it happened all the time. Anybody who had a phone had those calls that just never materialized. But she was convinced, she had, she had convinced herself that, that it was her son calling. I know four years old, but in 14 years he'll be 18, and who knows what the world will look like at that point. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I think I would lose my mind if I were in a situation where I was picking up a telephone that was ringing, and it was a deadline, and I was hoping that it was my dead son on the other side. My grandmother was married at 16, and she was widowed, I think, by the time she was 19 or 20. The lot of a widow in rural Herzegovina would have been very difficult, and so she moved to Sarajevo. As far as how she lived, I think she had a pension from my grandfather, and later when she met Josef Finci, I think he helped to support her. Josef Finci was the only son of a very well-known and well-regarded Sephardic Jewish family in Sarajevo who owned the Yonekla hardware store. I like to imagine that one day Josef Finci was working in his father's hardware store and he looked up and through the window he saw a beautiful young woman walking and that woman was my grandmother and he hurried out to talk to her. I like to imagine that when my grandmother saw him coming, she thought, what does he want with me? I have two children. I'm not from here. I don't know what to make of his attentions. Whatever it is that happened, they then went on to have a relationship that lasted for many years until the Second World War.
The war in the 90s had a lot less to do with religion and ethnic group, in my opinion, and a lot more to do with greed. And the fact that certain people were able to use people's fears and prejudices and hard feelings, and they were able to funnel those into violence. Yeah, sorry, I got a little derailed. So to be honest with you, that story of her walking by, that story is something that I made up. It's what I like to think happened. Uh, we're not even sure exactly when my grandmother met Yosef. It was very early after her arrival in Sarajevo. You know, there, it, it reminds me, I think there is a story about how I do, I remember now, okay. Yosef Finzi's family found out about his relationship with my grandmother one summer when my grandmother and Yosef and my father and uncle were headed to the Adriatic Sea for a holiday. Yosef had packed the bags and he had included some games, some presents for the children to bring along. His mother found those packages in his bag and brought them out and said to him, what are these? Why do you have toys for children here? And that's when the whole thing came out and they were very unhappy about this. They went many times on holiday together to the seaside. You know, so much of what I imagine of their holidays on the coast have morphed into memories of my own family's holidays. Joseph Finzi and my grandmother would go to the exact same towns that my family went to when I was small. And my father would point out the houses where they had stayed, the sea walks where they had walked, the things that they had seen. I believe that it was Joseph Finzi who brought my grandmother for the first time to Brella, which is a beautiful village on the Adriatic Sea, not, not far from the town of Makarska. My father's earliest memories of being there are being there with his mother, his brother, and Yosef. town, Brella, it is as familiar to me as any place in the world because 
I grew up going there, and I continue to go there. I was there two years ago. I took my son there, yeah. You've been listening to part one of Remnants. Stay tuned for part two.